Ring in the whores. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You gotta be fucking kidding. That the power of Christ compels you! That the power of Christ compels you! And that's when the whores come in. Here we go. Welcome to the last podcast you'll ever listen to. Where we, two friends and a homeless guy, watch movies that you don't want to watch. Well, sometimes we watch movies you do want to watch. Those are different episodes. (laughs) But sometimes we watch movies you don't want to watch. And talk through the entire movie. Sound interested? So am I. <laughs> Welcome to the Wasted Potential Podcast. Yeah, if you're not sold yet, then fuck you. <laughs> I'm Ronnie, <laughs> the one not insulting you. And I'm Shane, the one who is insulting you. Yeah. And this is Hobo Dan. Guess what? I'm not homeless anymore. You know why I'm not homeless anymore? Because I'm living rent-free in your bitch asses' heads right now. <laughs> so we are two friends that have been doing a podcast for almost three years now. And we've been talking about movies that we love, movies we love, we hate, movies we love to hate, and just yelling at each other and saying terribly unfunny things that only we laugh at. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't listen. I mean, you give all these other shit podcasts millions of views. We can talk about COVID. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it was, uh, it wasn't made in a lab. It was made in a DNC committee meeting. (laughs) And now we just got flagged with a COVID warning. (laughs) Oh, no, no. They're like, why is this movie podcast have a warning about COVID? Because <laughs> <laughs> all I talk about is conspiracy theories. But um, Shane and I have been doing this for three years now with our dear friend Hobo Dan. We have some other guests here and there that we always appreciate. They come on and listen as well. But we're going to start a new venture. If you noticed recently, we haven't really done a lot of new podcasts. One, we're busy and we don't get paid for this. Uh, two, only one of us True. does all the editing. And yeah, it's true. And three, we, we're kind of thinking about like taking a different approach here. We're enjoying our podcast, but we get bored easily because we have ADHD really bad. This episode, we're calling it Bring in the Horrors. Shane. Hit it! <laughs> I, I picture some sort of insert scary thing. Nope. <laughs> or, or have that lady from Tommy Boy says that's when the horrors come in. <laughs> there you go. So we're we're kind of going towards a new venture here. Shane, since you're our our spokesperson and everyone likes you and no one likes me, what's our mm. what's our mm-hmm. goal or objective with bringing in the horrors? Well, if you're still here after me blowing out your speakers, <laughs> um, bring in the horrors. Is Ronnie and I's attempt to get rich. We are going to 
do a few podcasts um, series, basically talking about the horror genre, you know, all the different types of horrors, what our favorite horrors are, what makes a good horror. Each episode will have a theme that talks about horror movies. Oh, if you're talking about our favorite prostitutes, now I'm on the same page. Oh, I'd much rather do that. <laughs> That's so much. Oh, God, I thought we were going to have to talk about movies. I want boobies. Um, Welcome to and the podcast. then to, to top it all off, Ronnie and I are going to write a horror film and send it to Blumhouse to be made into a movie with your guys' help. And if not, I'm going to sue Blumhouse. <laughs> So Shane and I, if the conjuring can get eight sequels, my shit can get made. There's 14 saws. God damn it. Um, yeah. So Shane and I love movies. We like to bitch about movies, but most of our interactions are talking about movies, politics, and strippers. Like our three favorite things. Oh, and history too. We like history a lot, which is a fun thing that we never really bring up except for when we get really drunk and just happen to just ramble on about random moments in history. They all share a lot more in common than you'd think. They really do. (laughs) A lot of boobs and a lot of death. Um, There's a lot of boobs. Yeah. So when Shane and I were like talking behind the scenes and we're like, hey, what do we put our money where our mouth is? And like, let's actually write something and see if we can get it published. We have no experience publishing making films besides in college when we made trash stuff but yeah but i was like well why not like try to figure out what the process is to write and publish a screenplay and then maybe document it as for learning and then we'll also maybe bring in some other people like hobo dan maybe some others talk about horror films maybe we'll Mm -hmm. we'll highlight certain genres here and there but we're going to kind of take like a a horror spin. So I want to take the lead and edit and focus on the horror films. And Shane's going to spend 14 months trying to edit one podcast. So, <laughs> you know, we'll, 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 we'll release podcasts when we have time and when we have things there, but we're, we're really going to try to, to do something. And if it crashes and burns, perfect. You all can be there to laugh at us. Yeah. This is to document the wreckage for people to find the body because I'm going to go full writer. I'm going to, drown myself in alcohol and cocaine and see what comes out the other end what else is new though <laughs> taking the stephen king approach you wanted to do our first little podcast here and talk about why horror shane why are we going down the horror movie route well that seems to be the cheapest and most effective way to make money in the movie theaters <laughs> you, nowadays you say cheapest i say most affordable <laughs> <laughs> um i see blumhouse which takes the approach of like just machine gunning out any script that comes in. They get they basically get the script. They say here's a million dollars, and see what happens. And they either make a hundred billion or they don't make any money. And Blumhouse doesn't give a fuck because they only need three out of a hundred to hit in order to turn a profit. Yeah, and the balance of those movies are in between like shitty sci-fi original to like high art surprisingly sometimes depending on which director <laughs> they give the money to like you know you take like jordan peele movies like i don't know i don't think you've seen those movies but i like them a lot like the um the us get out i saw get out yeah so i like get out a lot and like you, you give someone full creative control and you know a relatively decent budget sometimes it makes a good makes a bunch of money back and then you give someone the avenue to make whatever they want to make so 
And other times you get, you know, I can't even think of a shitty Blumhouse. Oh, I think they did like the, the Firestarter remake and that movie's a <laughs> turd. Please, please, no, no, please, please. Liar, liar. Hands on fire. You told manager because you never take my advice. Like what? Like don't go to a white girl parent's house. I did not talk about that, but that's like the worst movie I saw last 2022 was the Firestarter remake starring Zac Efron. I actually like Zac Efron. Yeah, too. I did too. He's bad in this. Like, he, he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, how much am I getting paid? Yeah, I'll do it. No big deal. So basically, we just want some of that Blumhouse money. Seriously, it's all we want is that Blumhouse money. I'll, I'll take $300,000 and I will not make a film. I'll somehow producers it. <laughs> yeah. I'll make a film so bad. That it makes no money. one will make ask questions when there's no money. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna take an avenue to try to see and figure it out, document our trials and tribulations, and eventually when we give up and just break up as a couple, and you'll fall apart, or you'll you'll see the whole demise, the rise and fall. This will either a prove that Ronnie and I have some sort of latent writing ability we never knew about, Probably not. or b <laughs> show how easy it is to make a fucking horror film now. <laughs> yeah. And let me be honest, horror is like my favorite genre of film. I love horror movies. Like I love to hate them and I, and I hate to love them. And I also actually just love to love them. We're going to talk about those in a little bit. I also like sci-fi and like fantasy. So I like escapism. Shane, mm. how do you feel about horror movies in general? I wouldn't say like I'm a huge fan of like Halloween or like any like all those those never really sparked my interest i do like sci-fi and i like monster films mm-hmm. um i've always kind of been more of an action guy myself so action horror is kind of a thing not really because it <laughs> to have good action it kind of undercuts the horror aspect yeah um but i i don't hate horror it's just never – I've never called myself like a nut. You know what I mean? Like I never saw all the Romero movies. Like I I like zombie movies, but my taste in scary movies is what I'll call them is very particular. Yeah. Um, And I just – like all that 80s horror stuff, it just doesn't pique my interest. I'd much rather watch Commando. <laughs> <laughs> so you like action trash as opposed to horror trash. I would, yeah, yeah. If I'm gonna watch trash, it's gonna have muscles and <laughs> boobs. Yeah, so I'm the opposite. I like, I, I love monster movies. Like, I, I love a good monster movie, whether it's good or a bad one. I love, um, I like creatures. I love creature like Anaconda is like one of my favorite movies of all time, <laughs> ironically. But also Jaws is also one of my favorite movies of all time. I like monster, kind of animal related horror things like jaws is like one of the greatest movies of all time anaconda has owen wilson so it's it's, it's kind of like <laughs> i i love that and film. angelina jolie's dad yeah what the fuck are you doing you can't catch anacondas without bait you know let's film sarone capturing a big snake have you lost your mind have i lost my mind no i haven't lost my mind if anything i'm completely lucid right now i think it's you guys who need to open up your eyes do you know where you are you're in the middle of the jungle Okay, all you guys do is you question and you criticize, but just remember, you don't know shit about the shit we're in out here, and neither do I, okay? And if we help him catch this snake, then he will help us get out of here alive. And that, amigos, is not insanity. That is common freaking sense. 
those those are like the places in my heart but i also love what i really love is atmospheric dark like fucked up horror kind of things just a thing i make i make my, my wife watch them too and you know our marriage is going well so <laughs> but i legitimately love horror and she and i see a lot of horror movies that are artsy low budget but also we just saw scream six <laughs> <laughs> because in the end of the thing we can at least laugh at a horror movie that's just shitty together as a couple there you go yeah we come from two different worlds hoping to bring that to make a masterpiece yeah and uh sh- at this point shouldn't i have an idea for a film we're not going to get into that later until it's fleshed out but we have an idea that we think will connect both of our interests in horror together oh yeah so shane let's talk about some of our favorite horror movies i made a list mm-hmm. because you, you told me pick one and i can't do that god damn it mm-hmm. so i made a I'll list choose a few then yeah so so i picked a few to kind of capture the different vibes of what i like and then we can kind of maybe discuss them see if you've seen those and then like what are your thoughts on even those kind of genres and maybe in the future we can do more of a deep dive into that genre or whatever maybe it's just like we focus on one movie here or there we don't know this is free form right now let's do it okay my favorite horror film <sighs> is also my favorite film and i love this movie so much and it's kind of perfectly encapsulates what i like in film it's the exorcist and i know that sounds pretentious of me but i legitimately love every aspect of the film the exorcist i just love the feeling of you can't escape evil and then just like being uncontrolled because I don't, I'm not religious. I'm not spiritual in the slightest, but this movie works for me of like, like when even science fails us, sometimes <laughs> you have to turn to like things you don't know or understand and you can't control. And that's really terrifying. And these, all these characters in the film have an existential crisis of faith and purpose. And like, when all that fails them, they have to deal with, most terrifying thing is a goddamn demon in this child. And what are we going to do? <laughs> because we can't do anything within the rational world. So you have to go to like the supernatural world, which is so opposite of me. That's what like kind of terrifies me when what I believe we have to call in Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go see the, the Pope's uh, exorcist or whatever that's called <laughs> at some point, And we'll podcast it together. But exorcism movies are terrible. Except for this movie. This movie is so fucking fantastic and perfectly made and acted and done. And it's not scary, but it's got themes that terrify me and like make me think about it. So I love The Exorcist. Have you ever seen The Exorcist, Shane? I have seen The Exorcist. And I really, 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 really liked it. Um, it made me... It's the only movie to make me laugh. And also be so terribly uncomfortable that I'm, like, squirming in my chair. Mm-hmm. Like, and this movie is made in the 70s. It's just so atmospheric, and it puts you in situations that I don't care what era you're from. For, from You're not prepared. Um, but I love when she visits the hospital, and she's like, fuck me. Ha, 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 ha. Like, hmm. <laughs> Looks like it's epilepsy. <laughs> You're like, are you fucking kidding me, guy? Like, she just fucked herself with a crucifix and vomited 
green lime juice everywhere. <laughs> like, what epilepsy are you saying? Yeah. And then, uh, but also, like, the scene where she's doing that with the crucifix and stuff, you're just like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. I love, like, they try to take the rational, scientific approach. And isn't it mm-hmm. terrifying that you have a disease that science can't pinpoint? So then this woman who says, who, like, makes fun of, like, the church and religion has to, like, be humble and go to this priest who's questioning his entire belief in God yeah. and what he does. He even says, exorcism isn't real. Like, we, we have... Yeah. We have Science. We've shown that this is epilepsy, schizophrenia are a real thing. So the entire movie is cynical towards spirituality, demons, and then in the end it's like when all else fails, we have to turn to the most irrational answer and we have to get this old fucking priest to come out of retirement from Iraq <laughs> to come and like sacrifice himself <laughs> to save this young girl. So he can have a heart attack. Yeah. It's like about vulnerability, it's about sacrifice, it's about questioning yourself and you believe i'm like this is so my movie and i fucking love it my wife fell asleep doesn't like the movie at all and so <laughs> so i hate her all i asked for was a freaking rotating chair okay? okay okay i need an old priest and a young priest the power of christ compels you the power of christ compels you whoa hello okay sick as a dog now. Okay. Okay. Gonna vom. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. This movie's been so parod- parodied that you can make fun of yeah. it. And there's and like you said, there's even scenes just like, eh, that doesn't really hold up. And that's okay because it's a 70s movie. And I think it works in a lot of ways. And can you believe that they are remaking it? Oh, I can believe it. It's unfortunate, and Satan's probably behind it. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the Catholic Church. Yeah, this is definitely the work of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can't. That's s- unfortunate. I'm so mad because it's the guy who remade Halloween too. Um, mm. So, like, I could talk all day about The Exorcist. Everyone talks about it, so I don't want to spend too much time on it because some of my favorite movies are like horror staples. I have some more on my list that are not. Maybe not as big as staples, but a lot of them are. Yeah. Um, I also love The Shining. Uh, D- yep. Dan and I have talked about wanting to do a Shining podcast and get into the book, get into the um, Doctor Sleep. So maybe we'll say that for another time because he and I love The Shining, but that requires reading. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like to read though. But like, what can I say about Stanley Kubrick that hasn't been said already? Nothing. Everyone, I... The Shining's great. I love Kubrick movies and I love the behind the scenes of Kubrick movies yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, Dan gave me a book that talks about the, I think it's like the films of Kubrick and it just like goes into what a fucking madman he is. So, you know, <laughs> we don't make movies like that anymore, but we don't make movies like that anymore. <laughs> and yeah, it shows. It's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the exorcist though, the exorcist fucking, um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh Friedkin. Was like abusing his actors, but mm-hmm. that's when you give a madman complete control. You make classic. He made films. the room a, like a literal refrigerator, yeah, so that he could get the breath he wanted. Yeah. Oh, you should. <laughs> this, I mentioned this in the podcast one time. Freakin's a madman and lost his touch, but he made one movie about ten years ago 
called Killer Joe, starring Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> and I want you to watch it. It's NC-17, and Matthew oh McConaughey gives a performance of a lifetime. He is a monster. And if all right, all right, all right, <laughs> and it's not all right, all right, all right. It makes <laughs> you uncomfortable, and you could check that out. I mean, my wife was mad. <laughs> when, you know, she, goes, she goes, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I didn't know," but man, I will never forget Killer Joe. Check out Killer Joe, ladies and gentlemen. Have you seen Killer Joe? A lot cooler if you did. <laughs> You laugh, but you have no idea what it's about, do you? <laughs> I can't wait. Nope, no idea. Should... I'm sure he rapes a child. <laughs> Shane, what's your favorite, or what are your favorite horror movies? <laughs> so, my favorite is easy. I have a lot of lists that's like, ooh, ooh, I really like that one. Ooh, I really like that But my favorite, hands down, because of just the impact it had on me, I had nightmares about this movie because I saw it way too young, and it... It scared the shit out of me for till I was adult, probably, and that's Alien. Yeah. Um, Ridley Scott's Alien. It it encompasses a lot of my favorite things. It's sci-fi horror. It's a monster film. The monster's not shown too much, and it's just the Alien is so scary. The idea is scary. It's got a little action in it. Zagorny Weaver is really good. It's just like. I could watch Alien a hundred times, and while I don't scare as easy as I did as a child, it still makes your hair crawl. You know, it still makes your spidey senses tingle. You're still like, the jump scares don't get me as much because I know where they are. But like when it comes down out of the uh, the chains mm-hmm. and there's the water and everything, like you just can't help but like feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and. Uh, it's really good. And so that's hands down my favorite horror film of all time. Yeah, um, There's a lot of others that I'll list that I really, really like mm-hmm. in genres, but that reigns supreme for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time too, and I prefer Alien to Aliens, which that I feel like they're two different movies, yeah, two different <laughs> directors entirely. Also, yeah, you can't even compare them really. But I feel like one day that might be one of our deep dives into the Alien franchise because mm. I love all those movies for a hundred percent different reasons. And it's a, <laughs> like, and I, I, I'm a Prometheus apologist. I will defend Prometheus too. Like that'd be a good conversation for us to have one time. I like Prometheus, even though that's a fucking flawed movie. But um, yeah, I love Alien too. That's a great one. Um, you don't like Halloween? I love Halloween. Michael Myers. Yeah. I it, it's completely fine. It's slow, and there's not really a lot of killing. And we did a whole deep dive onto this for last Halloween. Check it out. But I'm a huge fan of Carpenter's Halloween, and also just since I mentioned it, The Thing. It's a great horror movie. Oh, I do like The Thing a lot. Um. Here's one. Uh, you and I have watched this actually together, and I think we're both kind of fans. The Evil Dead. Yes. What are your? Um, I like how it started out. The actually the the remake or the reboot or whatever the new one mm-hmm. looks pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah, they um, they made it, one about ten years ago that's really like dark and like so like 
the evil dead is like the original one in the 80s i like it because it's like bare bones like let's make a movie evil dead 2 everyone likes that one better because it's like a horror comedy i'm not as Mm -hmm. big into that one as the original one then you know i've never seen the army of darkness which i need to do and then (sighs) i know i've seen one episode of ash was evil dead and then i loved that show it's a good show and then the uh, the remake is like totally different, which is, I kind of like. It's it's like it's like gruesome. It's like it's almost like mm-hmm. a saw movie. So it's a different approach. And this Evil Dead coming out rises feels like, eh, it's kind of a movie that has no relationship to Evil Dead. But we're gonna put right. the name on it just to kind of you know boost it up. So it, it looks like it's gonna be a single mom and her kids, and they discover the Necronomicon. And that's going to be the only tie-in is the Necronomicon. Yeah, that's it's gonna. She's gonna find it in the fucking restricted section at the library or some shit. <laughs> yeah, but, but I like the original Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two is good, but I like the original, just like bare bones horror thing. Mm-hmm. But the remake's pretty good. The new one, I'm interested in seeing. Like I guess I'm tired of franchises, but eh, eh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I wasn't excited when I heard about it, but I saw the the preview and I was like, "You son of a bitch!" All right, I'm in. Like, yeah. it, I don't want it. I don't want to support it. I kind of want to just pirate it so that I don't give them money. <laughs> but but I, the Evil Dead's a good one because I love the multiple directions it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Campbell going full camp. Yeah. is just so much fun and awesome but also like the re- legitimate horror roots of it yeah are good so that's that's a good pick yeah what else you got um i am a huge huge fan of zombie movies love zombie movies but more uh importantly i like the outbreak portions of zombie movies I'm not a fan of the post-apocalypse where it's like the the most dangerous thing isn't the zombies, it's the people. Mm-hmm. I no. I hate that shit. I love the the news and the news is like a virus is breaking out, we don't quite know it's going. Oh god. Like <laughs> you know, like uh 28 days later. Mm-hmm. Really good. That's probably my top zombie movie. It's also like a good horror action too. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like, especially like towards the end, a lot of like camera, like shaky cam action kind of thing at the end. Yeah. And I even unpopular belief. I liked 28 weeks later. If you take out the beginning, if you take out the first act, I really liked 28 weeks later. Oh, really? But the, the setup to 28 weeks later is just so unbelievably dumb that it, it, you can't, you just want to stab yourself in the eyeball when it's a janitor that unleashes this whole thing. Like, come on, come on guy. Um, I don't, I like 28 weeks later a lot. And I don't, that doesn't bother me as much. It's more forgettable than 28 days though. It's Definitely. It's a little more forgettable. It's, it's more action. Yeah. But it's, it's still good. And, and I like, um, I like the idea that even in the, apocalypse you think you're safe yeah you're still fucked like you you, you just yeah. can't control what's gonna happen still um a movie that doesn't get brought up enough that is to me a zombie movie i know there's technically vampires um is i am legend oh, i yeah. enjoyed i am legend uh 
but like to tie with my top zombie movie ever made and it's weird because it's a zombie comedy yep but it's dawn of the dead nope try it they again. did try it again Shaun of the dead my bad my bad <laughs> um <laughs> cut 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 <laughs> um uh it's Shaun of the dead he makes a good zombie film with fun comedic input it's not a comedy per se like there are comedy portions but he cuts in like some real life stuff in there that is so that those guys are so good at We have to deal with her? Daphs, for Christ's sake. She's going to come back? She's not going anywhere. Well, she'll change. She's my mum. She's a zombie. Don't say that. Move aside. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Don't point that gun at my mum. Sean, calm down. Don't point that gun at Barbara. And don't exacerbate things. What does that mean? This isn't exactly fair. Yeah. It's okay. I would say it's a comedy that has zombies in it, and it has those mm-hmm. really dramatic elements. And I, we could talk about this all day because I love that yeah. movie. And the scene when it gets serious, it's like, oh, I'm actually feeling for these characters and the, yeah. the ultimatum that he has to make right now. I actually care. And this is a comedy. <laughs> all right. I'll also argue for uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Schneider one. Jack Schneider. Um, that's not a good movie. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is a great movie. But as far as like a, the outbreak in that is very good. Zack Snyder did a very good like, holy fuck, what is happening? Like you're driving through suburbia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also recommend there's a Netflix series called, um, I think it's called Black Sunday. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Summer, right? But yeah, black something. Uh, that's how good it is. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually really good. It's like told from multiple perspectives. It's real low budget. Like it's like these college kids basically film this in their suburban neighborhood. Um, but it's it's smartly told, and it incorporates that you know the most dangerous thing is humans and stuff. But mm-hmm. not not walking dead where you basically forget they're zombies until the last episode and you go oh that's right zombies ah like see that's what i like about like things like uh last for us i don't give a shit about the video game but i liked all the human stuff i like that well, you want to care about your characters getting eaten it's important yeah but then i always i keep forgetting that oh yeah this is a zombie show mm-hmm. so i like the last of us more than the walking dead walking dead feels like start stop it's the same season over and over again but i don't like zombies they kind of bore me but i i like the human aspects of zombie movies more so i guess we differ on that i uh this is going to be a funny bring up too but the first resident evil movie i remember being kind of scary but i also saw it as a child um that's a commentary track one. <laughs> it was such a wasted opportunity because I think the idea of like a bioweapons lab that's gone dark. So you send in like a special forces team to go find out what happened. And then it turns out to be a house of horrors is kind of like a cool, fun idea. But they unfortunately, the Matrix was made before that movie got made, <laughs> <laughs> which God damn it. <laughs> like. You took something that could have been legitimately creepy 
and like uh what what was that World War Two movie? Um I think it was Zack Snyder again. Um where oh, Overlord? Yeah, that's where that's uh they parachute J- in and J. it's J. J. Nazi Abrams. zombies. JJ Abrams yeah. a production company, but yeah. That kind of idea is fun. Um I did not see Overlord. So no I've heard mixed <laughs> reviews on it. Oh but I like that idea. Speaking of which, my wife and I just saw a horror movie. It's an art house one that no one saw. Him. It's called Bunker. It's a World War One horror movie where the uh, the the British and American allies enter a German bunker and they get locked in and there's some shit in there and they all just kind of tear each other apart. It's pretty interesting. It's like super low budget and it had like no mm. theatrical release really. We saw it in theaters surprisingly. You should check that one out. It's kind of interesting. It's got like a, a military horror thing. It's not it's not like, mm. you know, great, but it's a pretty interesting kind of premise. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there's another genre I want to bring up real quick. Uh, I'm going to call it shock horror. Shock where, horror. Like, it, I, I guess gore horror. Uh-huh. Um, and there's two movies that kind of group in this. One is very different than the other, but for some reason they kind of fit in the same category in my head. Mm-hmm. One is The Hills Have Eyes. Ooh. Where it's like, it's not very good, but just the scene of, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know the scene. Yeah. The mutants and yeah, you're just like, oh my god, mm-hmm. like you can't turn away because it's so horrific. Um, and human centipede, <laughs> 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 where it's scary in a sense of like this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, and then human centipede too jumps the shark, which <laughs> or jumps the centipede, <laughs> but um. Uh, Kind of like that. I, I call it shock horror, you know. Yeah. Where it's, it's it's not really scary. It's just so shocking that you're disturbed. Oh, oh no! Cuttlefish is about to come out of my asshole. Oh, here it comes. Oh, it's going to be a rot. Hold on, Kaido. I believe in you. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of falls like I never saw it, but hostile, like the horror core mm-hmm. type of thing. Like obviously, hostile and human centipede are way different movies, but it's kind of like almost like a gross out. Like, hey, let's just make you uncomfortable, whether it's more humorous or more just like eh, gross. Type of thing. Or that movie with Keanu Reeves where the hot ladies break in and have sex with him and try to ruin his life. See, I've heard of that movie, but every time <laughs> I see like the thumbnail for it, I'm like, I'm good. This is fucking. St- Stupid. So the ladies are hot. <laughs> um, before we go too far, you mentioned horror comedy. One of my favorite movies of all time is American Werewolf in London. I mm. love that one. It's like goofy and it's not perfect, but it has that fun like balance of really gruesome and gory versus also really humorous. Um, also goes to Shaun of the Dead, which is one of my favorite movies of all time too. Um, now I'm kind of getting into more recent films. Uh, one shout out to a Korean film called The Host. I like me some creature mm. monster movies. Did you ever see The Host? I did. Also, just quick reference: uh, Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Really, too. really, really good zombie film. Did you ever um, see the the sequel? I didn't see the sequel. I don't think so. 
I think it's a directed Netflix one. I heard it wasn't as good, but that's also like a good like action kind of horror. Like uh, yeah, like Korean films have a good balance of like dark humor. They do some action. good zombie movies. Yeah, they do. I but the the host is a good creature thing. It's got good characters and this creature, this biochemical creature, just kidnaps these these uh, Korean family and they're kind of dealing with. It's the director of uh, Parasite. There's it's good. There's also a, I think it's on Netflix or it's on Amazon. I'm trying to remember. It's Korean, but it's um, it's this weird, oddly entertaining. I think I want to call it the Kingdom or something, and it's uh, like a medieval. It's in Korean, so it's not samurais, but like that kind of era. Yeah. Um. Middle Korea. And there's zombies. Oh. But it's like a political intrigue. It's kind of like Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. From a Korean medieval time. If only you knew the name. Very odd. And it turns out it's like a flower that turns... It's weird, but you'll oddly keep hitting play. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Back to where you were saying. I like foreign horror is like really fucked up and weird. Like there's a good one called Raw. But this girl, it's kind of a horror, kind of a thriller. But basically she goes to college and she's vegetarian. But then mm-hmm. she's forced to eat meat, and like she gets like this desire to eat human flesh because of it, and it's like this weird kind of girls in college. So it's like a sexual awakening, but it's sexual, but it's also like me, and it's a really uncomfortable, gruesome, miserable film that's got a fun little kicker at the end. Raw's pretty fantastic, but it's directed by a woman, so you wouldn't want to watch it, obviously. Ugh. Um. <laughs> Directed uh, by a woman. Yeah. Uh, Matt Reeves. I love, uh, what's her name? Catherine Bigelow. Oh, the director? Uh, yeah, Hurt Locker. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, she also did a horror movie called um, uh, After Dark. I think it's a, it's a vampire. It's a really miserably dark vampire movie from the 80s. <laughs> um, Let Me In, Matt Reeves. We talked about the Batman somewhat recently. Let me in. Mm-hmm. People shit on it. I like it. It's got good young actors. It has that guy, Richard Jenkins, you know, the dad from Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. He's in it. He plays, he's my favorite character in that. He plays um the quote unquote dad figure. And he has to basically <laughs> feed a vampire child and his life is miserable because of it. It's really <laughs> dark and it sounds funny, but it's not. It's miserable, but it's really good. It's about like bullying and friendship. It's it's kind of cheesy, but it's got a good like aesthetic to it. This sounds oddly like the new Nick Cage vampire movie. Oh, Renfield. Where... <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like the same thing, but done in a more realistic way. Yes, that's Matt Reeves <laughs> talking about Batman realism. Uh, yeah, but yeah. You take that movie in a different tone; it's hilarious, and that's called probably Renfield. Yeah. Um, last two movies I want to talk about are my two most recent favorites. Um, the Babadook. Have you seen the Babadook? The Babadook. <laughs> the Babadook. Um, I've heard of it. It's a female director too, right? Yes. Uh, That's she, why I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's why. <laughs> directed the Nightingale. I keep talking about the Nightingale. It's uh, the most miserable oh, your movie. Baby murder movie. Yeah, there you go. But the Babadook is a more accept accessible movie. Not the Nightingale. The Babadook is a more accessible <laughs> movie, and it's like if you take a Blumhouse horror where you have a a silly named creature is haunting a, a, a house with a mom and child. It's a very generic like premise, 
and it has like the big dumb ending where like ah there's screaming and it's all yelling but what elevates it is it does there's no jump scares really there are some but they're but they're done so like nightmarishly and it really works but what works one that i love about movies especially horror why i like horror is horrors not about the monster it's about what the monster represents and the babadook has a great theme about guilt and um, sorrow and grief and in the ending people people who casually watch horror don't like it but i'm like this is like the perfect horror film of like it's not about a real monster, goddammit. It's about what you that were the monster all along. Yeah, but what the monster represents, like, that is great. It's a great movie, and I love it. It has a lot of horror tropes, so you can just watch it as a horror movie about a monster, or you can watch it about, oh, look at this. Someone knows how to do characters and themes, and these things <laughs> aren't just random. They represent something. So I love the Babadook. It's the silliest name, but it's accessible. Like it's you can just watch it and watch it, or you can be like being overanalyze it and really enjoy it. Does it have a Zoom call with a college professor who brings out a book and says, "What you're dealing with is a Babadook"? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no. COVID. It's an old Sumerian monster. <laughs> Speaking of that, Sinister. Did you ever see Sinister with Ethan Hawke? And that's one that kind of started <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, I like half a Sinister. Sinister is an atmospheric, creepy thing that gets bogged down in a stupid demon. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a goddamn demon that a college professor knows about. Yeah, but if it's if it's just Ethan Hawke loses his mind and starts murdering his family. It's called a bagul. <laughs> it's fucking creepy, but when you have a slipknot monster killing people, it's the demon ruins it. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the horror ruins this horror movie. Yeah. But, um, my, but my favorite movie... Fo- go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. No, you go. But you fucking go. Why don't you fucking go? I was going to follow your vein and lead into a movie that deals with themes and things and sticks out in my head as, like, a psychological horror is uh, It Follows. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I love that fucking film. It is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the idea that there's no winning. You, you can't defeat it. There's no, like, do this ritual and light these candles it's you either have sex with another person and doom them to death or uh die yeah, and in the end she goes fuck it i'm just gonna fuck everyone yeah <laughs> and like it's fucking nihilistic and it's yep. like an std is the monster and it and it's ominous yep. like you think it'd be silly watching like a half naked old lady just slowly walking towards a class with a girl in it but it fucking yep. works just Knowing that it's just always following. It may not catch you very soon, and you can always run from it, but it will never stop. Yeah. And you can hand it off to someone else, but only for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's perfect. Yeah, I love that movie, too. Last one, my favorite like movie of the past 10 years, horror movie, is The Witch. I could talk about it all day. It's from your, your boyfriend, Robert Eggers, who did The Lighthouse, mm. did The Northman. Who barks? Is it the wolves of the High One? Or is it the barking of the village dogs? Hearken to me, you two-legged dogs. Drink the vision made of knowledge. 
to learn what it is to live and die in honor. Prove you are not a dog. Not only are you a man, you dine like a king. But it's perfect in that, like, it opens with the most shocking thing you can see in horror. So you know there's a witch and it's a monster and it's and it's always haunting this family and it slowly tears it apart. It's beautifully crafted. It's got characters. It's got themes about sin and just, like, um, like witch hunting. It, it pulls into that whole era of Salem, but it's not Salem. It's Salem, but it's not Salem. And it's beautiful it's haunting it's miserable it's slow and you can't understand a goddamn word they're saying because they speak in like accurate colonial english <laughs> so it's hard but if you want like a a misery cold cocoon just to watch for 90 minutes pretty fucking fantastic it's one of my favorite movies of all time yeah and i i'd like to end just talking about movies with one that like still to this day haunts me pretty hard i forgot to mention it it's called uh what's your number featuring anna Ferris, chris evans and chris <laughs> pratt <laughs> and uh it's it'll haunt you you could you just never get it out it's just stuck in there you'll have nightmares forever and ever i'm trying to pull out the plot because i don't exactly remember the plot it's I just um, remember it's, it. it's she's fucked too many guys and wants to go back <laughs> and uh <laughs> And, and she wants to go back and um and not be slut shamed anymore or something. Like <laughs> Allie, darling, Anna Ferris is realizing she's a little lost in life. Her latest romance has just fizzled out, and she's been fired from her marketing job. Oh, no. What will she ever do? Um, then she reads an eye-opening magazine article that warns that 96% of women who've been with 20 or more lovers are unlikely to find a husband. Whore! Um, <laughs> Singing the whores. <laughs> determined to turn her life around and prove she's not a whore! Um, <laughs> prove the article wrong, Allie embarks on a mission to find the perfect mate among her numerous ex-boyfriends. What a terrifying movie. Yeah, especially you go from, like, It Follows to, like, slut-shaming to the movie that is slut-shaming. <laughs> That's when the whores come in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So those are, like, our tastes in horror film. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, where we're going. But, um, so we'll probably come back and, like, you know, maybe have some guests and they'll talk about their favorite horror movies. Maybe, like, do a horror genre kind of podcast mm -hmm. here and there. But, um, Yeah, we're going to do cast about genres about cliches in those genres mm -hmm. and uh we're just gonna try to dissect and break down the horror genre as a whole and conclude with the best horror film ever written with tons and tons of titties speaking of which so <laughs> to end our podcast shane and i both wrote scripts for each other and that we both have not seen yet so that we're gonna send right now and we're gonna I don't know, like, I don't know what you wrote, but I have, you know, characters, so you and I will take characters mm -hmm. and read it out and do our best acting abilities, having never read the scripts before, and we'll end <clears> on that, so we can kind of, you know, you will all get a taste for our our taste in the film, but caveat, I wrote a horror film that best embodies what I think is my dear friend Shane, so, okay. so, so my script will be what I think Shane would want to see in a film. 
All right. Okay. Mm. Um, so we have a narrator that you should read. You're reading the narrator. You're reading the, the parentheses. Okay. And I also think you should be the voice. And I'll be. Voice. Got it. Okay. And I'll be the, the female. I think that would be oh. the best. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So without further ado, this is a premiere of my new script. Shane is seeing. Shane, take it away. All right. <clears throat> the camera opens up on a beautiful suburban home. Cream house, brown trim, numerous windows. The family living inside is affluent. Camera zooms in towards the front door. Blue sign reads, Feminist. Scene changes. The camera focuses solely on a white phone sitting on a receiver. The phone loudly rings twice, then a well-manicured hand answers it. She picks up the phone and brings it to the side of her face. Katie. Clinton residence. This is Katie. Hi there. Sorry to bother you so late at night. We were just calling around to raise awareness about the travesty going on in our town. Katie is a beautiful white blonde-headed woman with two ear piercings, one stud nose piercing showing how not basic she is. Her massive tits are visible, <laughs> revealing sure I'm so hard. <laughs> Katie rolls her eyes and looks annoyed by the phone call. Sorry. But it is late, and I do not want to contribute to whatever man-egocentric cause you're trying to spread to increase your patriarchy. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to bother you on a Friday evening in which you are super busy with friends and family. I just figured you cared about protecting women's rights. Katie's face perks up, and her disposition shifts to interested. Oh, well, of course I care about women's rights. I am a feminist, you know, and I'm actually alone and have time to talk. Oh, well, of course you are alone. You sound like a strong, independent woman who doesn't need a man to protect you. Well, of course I am, and you're saying it undermines the entire movement. My apologies, ma'am. Ma'am? How dare you assume my gender like that? Oh, this is a fucking horror film. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm a little confused. <laughs> you cannot call a female warrior like me and just throw out arbitrary, misogynist gender titles to people without taking into account their personal choices and identities. I, th I think we're off on the wrong foot here. <laughs> How dare you? Um, what is... <laughs> Sorry, I fucked that up. How dare you? What if I don't have a foot? Your idioms are ableist. How could you say something so insensitive like this? Yeah, this is, this is not going how I planned it. Fascists make plans. <laughs> uh, well, I was hoping this would go different tonight. I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate your apology. It's a start on the path to forgiveness and understanding. <laughs> so what are you trying to support again? Tits, baby! Big old titties! Women have the right to augment their bodies however they choose. A man should not have to say in the matter. Affordable tit implants for all! Yeehaw! Well, of course we have that right. I had to work hard to get my dad's money to buy my big old huge fake tits. 
zooms in on her massive tits that are somehow bursting through her shirt more than ever before. Water comes from the ceiling. <laughs> what is your favorite romantic movie? Hmm. Well, if I had to choose just one, it would be called Feminist the Musical. Is that really a musical? <laughs> Don't break character. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> that sounds like the greatest romantic movie of all time. Oh, Katie is now wrapping her hair in a finger, giggling with feminist excitement. It really <laughs> is. It's for true no talent. No one's gonna laugh at this. It's so funny. It's so perfect. Oh. It really is. Oh, yeah. It's for true allies of women. Ally? Am I an ally? I'll lie on top of your dead corpse! Katie quickly hangs up the phone on the receiver. What an asshole Nazi! A loud clang happens off screen and Katie jumps! (gasps) Hello? Katie slowly walks towards the hallway of her room and the camera zooms in on her massive tits. As she walks towards the closet door, she quickly opens the closet door. The camera reveals nothing except a Clinton 2020 sign gathering dust in the closet. Remember her? (laughs) Remember that? (laughs) Katie closes the door, and she is greeted with a masked man with a massive knife, which is swung right at her and tears apart her shirt, revealing even more titty cleavage. Katie runs, screaming. The masked man chases her throughout the house, and the camera zooms in on her trap, on her frantic, bouncing boobs the entire time. The masked man catches her and stabs her in the ass. He falls. Who are you? Why are you attacking me? The ma- the attacker takes off the mask, revealing a Taiwanese woman with murder in her eyes. Samantha, but why? Is this how we get the Chinese to? fun this film (laughs) Samantha slowly approaching Katie and speaking in a sinister voice isn't it obvious your tits are just way too big for this town Katie screams and stabs her massive melons Samantha stabs her massive melons continuously as she screams one last time and the scene ends Main, main title pops up tit stabber a Weinstein production. <laughs> God, I'm I'm hot. <laughs> wow, it's like my favorite blend of Rob Zombie and Scream. <laughs> I thought except you no one called anyone a cum slut. <laughs> oh, I forgot the cum slut. God damn uh, it! Ah <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, I'll make that movie, The Tit Stabber, coming to a theater near you. <laughs> Um, you can either be Jane or Ronald, or you can be both. Uh, you tell me what you want me to do. Since I, I'll, I I'll, I'll be, I'll be Jane. Okay. Since you played the female, and you read the, uh, the non-scripted parts. Okay. Camera pans to couple walking into gothic, dilapidated house. I'm so happy to be on our honeymoon. Yes, this is truly amazing. You are the love of my life. I know, and luckily my family carries no curses, hauntings, secrets, venereal disease, or any disturbing political beliefs. Yes, that is good. 
just an ordinary family with a white male lead and a racially ambiguous wife. Ronald and Jane walk into a house and begin going through the kitchen. As they frolic and have fun, Ronald looks down the hallway and sees a dark figure at the end. Ronald shrugs since he knows he has taken a heroic dose of LSD and totally expected to see Satan at some point. <laughs> Jane hears something terrifying. Screams echo throughout the house. Get out! Jane covers her ears and cries in the corner as blood covers the walls and her mind burns. She may have also taken a heroic dose of LSD. They may have a problem. This relationship is pretty toxic, but the audience isn't supposed to know this until late into Act 2. <laughs> act 1 is more, hap is more happy couple bullshit. They each hear and see things, yada, yada, yada. Cut to Sam and Ray. I'll be Ray. This is such a wonderful getaway together. It's so late and we should head upstairs towards this because the script needs us to. Yes, and this would be a good time for you for me to touch my rosary and perform mass. I'm a Catholic. <laughs> Wait, oh, is I should I should redo that one. Say <laughs> what? Uh, yes, this would be a good time for me to touch my rosary and perform mass. I am Catholic. Yes, we are Catholic. And don't like gays. Kids are cool though. Yada yada yada. Wait, are they are they like a gay like priest couple? We'll find out. Read okay. the script. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> so you're Sam. Oh, I forget. Fucking shit. Uh, Ray, we can't do this. I'm married to a woman. I don't care. Let's do it. <laughs> but, oh, oh no. Take my man meat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's... Last part there. You're saying, oh, I, I didn't see get out. That was it. Girl! This is stupid. No one's gonna laugh. <laughs> uh, uh, these, are, <laughs> these are despicable scripts. <laughs> Alright, let's wrap this script up. Yeah, dear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ghosts weren't ghosts. They were gay lovers in the LSD people. Downstairs just heard the sex and were dripping balls. The end horror is fucking dumb. <laughs> the Conjuring 19. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I thought mine was bad. <laughs> Sometimes the greatest fear is the fear of the unknown. <laughs> Shane and I have nothing against homosexuals. No, or tits. <sighs> you like them both. Oh my god. Welcome. I was just like, I was kind of drunk, and I was just like, what if the conjuring was just a misunderstanding? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's funny. Oh, God. Well, Ugh. thanks for listening to Wasted Potential. <laughs> it's different, but same, same. <laughs> <laughs>
doing the same shit and embarrassing ourselves and ensuring uh, that no one's ever going to enjoy this. If this podcast ever gets found out, we're in big fucking trouble. <laughs> Listen, to bring in the horrors. <laughs> Part two will come out three months from now. Subscribe if you would like to. We're on Instagram, Twitter. You can find our podcast also on YouTube or any podcast in place. I appreciate yeah. any likes, comments, subscriptions. Thank you so much. Fuck you, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs>